podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Gabriel replacements, sell Bruno and Rashford, invest in Chelsea. This is your Game Week 3 preview. Welcome to the Gianni Batici YouTube show. Hope you guys are well and had an enjoyable week. Loads to get through in today's show, but we're going to start with penalties. Why, you might ask. Well, we're learning more information as the weeks go by, aren't we? So this week, we have learned that Salah's still on them, but for how long? That Saka isn't on them, Odegaard. Uh, that Watkins isn't on them, uh, McGinn. Uh, Enzo took one for Chelsea, but will he take the next one because he missed? We're learning lots about penalties, and it's really interesting when we look at some of the numbers from last season, because penalties in FPL are so, so valuable. So if we look at some of the teams last season, how many penalties they won, it's worth an extra 10 goals a season for your FPL asset if he's on pens. Man City, 10 penalties last season. Huge, huge number. Fulham on nine, Brentford on eight. And actually, it's Brentford I want to talk about because one player I've not mentioned so far is Mbomo. Now, he still is on penalties. He's had two and he's scored two. Such a valuable thing in FPL. Mbomo's FPL season so far has been determined by some non-penalty points, but mainly from penalty points. Absolutely huge for the 6.5 midfielder. So when we look at top targets this week, I want to start talking about Mbomo, who, by the way, has the highest XG of any midfielder in the game, non-penalty, right? So he's already clocking great XG in some points for his contributions away from pens. Then when you add penalties on, it's like, this guy's an amazing asset. And we kind of knew that. But it's interesting because without Tony in the team, Mbomo becomes at times more of a focal point, although he's still playing wide, but he also has the responsibility of pens. And we know from the list we've just looked at, Brentford get a lot of pens. Now, I can't sit here, I'd need more than this 15-minute show to tell you why I think Brentford get more pens and why Man City and Fulham got loads of pens last season. But Brentford are a team that we know from last year, get loads of pens, and already this year they've had two and scored two. So Mbomo makes complete sense. For those of you that aren't on him, we should probably be looking in our top target section right now, how do we accommodate him in our teams? Now, the big dilemma you might have is you've got midfielders you don't want to sell, Right? But it comes down to who do you want more? Uh, I'm not willing to sell Matoma, for example, to accommodate Bomo, but maybe I need to be willing to sell Martinelli or Rashford. Now, I'm not going to be selling them, I don't think, in game week three because I love the fixture Martinelli and Rashford have. But come game week four, it's like, yeah, that might be when you jump ship. Um, so really interesting there on Mbomo. And definitely someone I think just should be on our radar if he's not already. And I know he was loved pre-game week one by those that really did invest in the penalty appeal. And fair play to those managers uh, that did. But look, away from Brentford, what are the top targets this week? Because we're learning more as the weeks go on. And one of the standout performances of the weekend just gone was Man City's performance against Newcastle. Completely dominant. Now, who got the headlines? Foden got his assist and got three bonus points and was amazing. He created like six, seven chances. Alvarez scored a great goal, both of them in the team starting. But can we count on that long term with no KDB in the side? Yes and no. I think without with no KDB in the side, we can count on one of these guys always starting. Can we count on both? Absolutely not. Because Bernardo Silva was out with the weekend, so that changes things. He'll be back soon, uh, possibly for game week three. But then also, of course, City are going to buy as well. And City are recruiting and the addition of Doku will affect minutes for Alvarez and Foden too. So 
I think we can punt on one of these guys. Can we punt on both? I'm not so sure. So look, let's have a look and compare Alvarez and Foden from game week one and two combined because they've each had 180 minutes, which is quite rare for these guys. So it's we can we can compare um, like for like here. So they've each had 180 minutes. Great. Uh, they both played fairly central uh, each time. Uh, even when Foden was meant to be on the right, like in game week two, Walker takes up that space on the right and Foden drifts infield. So both of them have been fairly close to Haaland, fairly central. They've both clocked 12 points. Their XG is pretty similar, but Foden edges it. Foden's on 0.57. Uh, Alvarez on 0.45. He obviously scored from a very low XG shot the weekend, Alvarez. When it comes to the creation and the assist threat, it's again Foden out on top, 0.65, 0.40. So when you look at those numbers... You look and think Foden's the guy if you've got one, if you go one or the other. The only slight issue with Foden is, is it's a midfield spot. You might find it easier to accommodate Alvarez in your team because you might have Jao Pedro that you're looking to sell, for example. Or you might have a 4.5 forward that you're willing to upgrade to if you've got the funds to go Alvarez. Yet finding a midfield spot, are you going to sell your Arsenal and your Man United assets? to accommodate Foden. I'm not sure many are willing to do that. Maybe you've got James Madison and he could be out game week three. That could be an easy switch. Chances created, by the way. Again, Foden just edges it. Nine versus eight. Um, so look, I think Foden's the standout pick, but I think Alvarez is still a very good pick. Don't expect 90 every week from both these guys. I think Foden's more likely to get more minutes between now and say, I don't know, game week eight, game week nine, game week 10. Um, we should mention Doku, who's uh, coming in at City. Um, and where does he play and what's his pedigree like? Well, Doku's goal threat isn't amazing. His assist rate is high. Um, so again, this is a flyer. This is a, a pacey wide man who, when we look at the previous positions on transfer market, we can see he's played mainly on the wings, mainly on the right side. And that's what Man City are missing. Pep's fairly happy with Grealish on the left. Um, but with this sale of Mares, they obviously need more a cover on the right-hand side and perhaps he doesn't feel Cole Palmer's ready straight away. And Foden, again, he can play on the right, but we've seen Foden more in the central and on the left role. Um, so Doku could come in and affect Bernardo Silva minutes on the right. And if that is the case, Bernardo Silva will drift in field and that can then affect Foden minutes. So it's worth bearing in mind. But for now, I think we can jump on either of these guys and strike when the iron is hot. Sheffield United, game week three. So guys, game week two, we saw Gabriel... Benched again. Even if he starts versus Fulham, and I think he will, but I thought he'd start game week two, he's still a sell. Because long term, is this a guy you, you want to sweat over every team sheet? No. Um, also, there's some good options. So look, selling Gabriel. Look, Gabriel owners, they've been stung. Fair, right? I'm in that boat. And Saliba owners, fair play. Um, who do you replace him with? You've got good options. And this is where you can go a little bit different to the template. Because the template doesn't have a Man City defender. You could go Guardiol. You could go Kanji, Diaz, whoever. These guys feel pretty safe for minutes um, for Man City with your John Stones injury. You might move down to go with Doji at 4.5 at Spurs. He's really caught my eye. You're going to get attacking numbers from him. I don't know how many clean sheets, but he obviously just got one against United. Perhaps a bit fortunate. United did clock an XG of 2+. plus. Um, or you might look at Chelsea. Good fixtures. I know they've not been keeping cleans, but Gusto at 4 million or Colwell at 4.5. You might move down and need the money elsewhere. We'll compare Gusto and Colwell in a sec. Uh, but before we do, I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Like, If you can like, hit that like button. And if you're not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button. That would really mean a lot to me and definitely supports the channel moving forward. So thank you for your support. 
Um, but look, let's have a look at my team and how I got on in the game week just gone. So, um, it was all right. It was do I was doing really well until the Arsenal game. Don't check your rank midweek. No point. Um, so much can happen. Um, and my rank was around, I don't know, 200k and I finished on 600k. Um, and that's because I didn't own Saliba uh, and I own Gabriel. Um, still hurts that one. 11 point swing is huge. And game week one and two, Saliba's clocked 11 more points than Gabriel. Some of you heard the team news, the leaks. I didn't. And I do think leaks pre-game week one ruin it a bit for FPL. I'm not going to lie. That deadline should be moved. It's not. It it's it's not a level playing field, is it? Really? Uh, look, fair play if you went Saliba from day one and you were always going Saliba. But if you went Saliba at six twenty seven on on that Friday deadline because you saw the Gabriel news and others didn't, it seems a little bit unfair, doesn't it? All right, get the violin out, Janny. Um, so look, fifty three points. It was a good week before that happened, but it is a red arrow because of the Arsenal defence. Um, Estupinan, wow, what a pick. Uh, Matoma. Estupin and Matoma aren't players you want to be benching when even when the fixtures are tough in a few weeks' time. But Foden was the standout. He was the differential punt that came in well. Nine points. And again, that could have been more. But I feel lucky that I'm a, I'm a move ahead with Foden. Watkins off penalties. I'm good with that. He's one of the only players you don't want taking penalties because you're like, you're just going to get minus points. Um, so look, he got the assist, which that was a win for me. I'd take those three points more than the four points for the goal and the probable bonus, just because I thought there's a good chance he'd miss and his record is abysmal, rightly taken off penalties. But look, let's talk now about some of the top blankers from the game week just gone. This is going to be a new feature, guys. Always shouting out some of the players that didn't score points, but should be on your radar. Like in game week one, we looked at players like Eze. Um, and again, you can say the same about Eze from Monday night. Um, but this is more a bit of a challenge. Chelsea focus because loads of the Chelsea players blanked but we should be paying attention and I want to just compare very quickly Gusto with Colwell because these were both blankers but I think are good picks moving forward especially knowing so many of you are looking for a Gabriel replacement I think I'll head in the direction of Man City um, and Guardiola for my Gabriel replacement but I already own Chilwell and I already own Colwell um, but let's look um, at Gusto and Colwell and compare them from the game we just gone. So we can see Gusto um, a little bit more advanced, you might say, but perhaps not so involved. His red heat map. And by the way, this is all from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. And if you're fancy becoming a member, go check it out. The link's in the bio. Um, so not quite as involved as Colwell. So when we see the stats summary at the bottom there, we can see 57% in favour of Colwell, 43 to Gusto. So in all the underlying stats, Colwell slightly edges him. Um, but Gusto gets into slightly more advanced positions. And will he occupy Reese James type positions? The answer is yes. Will he have quite Reese James's level of, of, um, of threat, of quality? Probably not. Good, good player, by the way. One of the best right-backs in France last year. But you know, Rhys James is elite. Um, saying that, he's 4 million and he's guaranteed to start at the moment. When Rhys James is back, you've got a headache. That's why I prefer Colwell. For the lot, we don't really want to be spending transfers on defenders, like on 4 million defenders at, at least. That, that kind of lower-end defender, you kind of want your glue guys, your set and forget. And Colwell will be that. Gusto will be in and out of the team every time Rhys James is injured. Um, but for the immediate fixtures, if you can only afford Gusto, a good solid pick at 4 million. But other good top blankers at Chelsea, Sterling and Jackson. Are we buying Jackson this game week? And are we replacing Watkins? Watkins, there's no need to replace him. He's playing well. Got points in both his games. 
But this isn't about saying Watkins, I don't want Watkins in my team. This is about saying I might prefer someone more than Watkins. Because I've had stick on Twitter, like saying I might replace Jackson with Watkins. Like, why would you sell Watkins? He's got points. Jackson's got none. It's like, yeah, I want Watkins, but we can only have 15 players. And I've got the transfers. And sometimes you just have to jump on a player that you think is going to get more points that given week. I might go back to Watkins. So at the moment, I'm thinking I might punt on Jackson and go Jackson for a week or two. And then I can always go back to Watkins if I need. I've got the transfers to do it. Um, and I love the fixtures. Now, Watkins plays Burnley away. What's really difficult about that is we haven't been able to test and eye test and look at the data for Burnley because they didn't play in game week two. And that's a bit rubbish. So we've seen them in game week one against Man City. How much can we read into that? We've not seen them in game week two. So I don't quite know where Burnley are at. But I think they're going to be quite good at home. And I think I can maybe back against Watkins. Although, look, if Watkins goes and gets another five, six pointer, you wouldn't be surprised. Do I see Watkins getting double figures? Probably not. Could Jackson get double figures? I think he could. I think he could. I think it's a slim chance, but I think he could. So look, let's talk captaincy as our final feature. And this is an interesting one because I've had some support uh, from a friend on Twitter, FPL only, who has been sending me this every week. So he looks at the last four performances for any given player against this week's opposition. And he averages out the score for me. So at the moment, when we look at game week three captains, the highest player uh, with his given fixture, which is hilarious, is Gabriel versus Fulham. Gabriel averages 10 points every time he plays Fulham. That's mental, but we're not captaining Gabriel. So let's ignore that, cross him off. Uh, but Rashford comes out on top. Rashford against Forrest has got a great record. Now, he's only played Forrest in the league once last season. I think he got 14 points, but he didn't play in the other game. So what we've done here is we've put in a Rashford cup game or two, still at an average of over 10 points. That's absolutely huge. Do we like Rashford as a differential captain this week? I don't know. Maybe we do. Matoma is third. Haaland, by the way, comes in at fourth. Um, he's never played Sheffield United, so we just took the three fixtures against newly promoted teams away from home last season. Away from home against newly promoted teams last season, he averages 6.66. Um, again, Anana is based on David De Gea. Uh, Salah's still high, so is Trent. But who are we seriously considering for captain? Because that graphic is great, and we use that. But I look at that and think, yeah, Rashford and Haaland are two good options. Um, but I don't think I'll be going Rashford. I don't think I'll be looking at, seriously looking at Man United. I think if I was going away from Haaland, I would go, Arsenal have a really good home fixture, but now Saka's not on pens, meh. Chelsea have a really good home fixture, but going somewhere like Jackson or Chilwell just seems too, too bold when Haaland plays a newly promoted team. So that's where I'll be looking. You could back Man City away, away from Haaland if you wanted to go differential on a Foden. But for me, if you're backing Man City with captaincy, it should always be Haaland. And I think he'll be my captain this week. If you want to go differential, look at the United fixture, Rashford. Look at the Chelsea fixture, Jackson or Chilwell. Or look at the um, Arsenal fixture. But I don't know where I'd go with Arsenal now. And I'm worried about Saka long term in my team without the penalty appeal. But... Odegaard maybe is a better pick than Martinelli, for example, who I own. I think Martinelli is definitely a player I'm willing to sell. So look, there's the captaincy chat. Let me know in the comments who you are captaining this game week. Stay tuned for so much more content. And as always, guys, appreciate those likes and those subscribes. But for now, we'll see you very soon. Podcast Network.